0: This is Tiger Hall.
1: And we are live. Hello, hello, everyone. And big welcome to this live podcast. Hey, we already have people coming in in the chat. Hey, everyone. We are doing a live podcast, which is a combination of you will see us you will hear us talk you'll be the fly on the wall you can join in with questions ask us anything during this and that will be taken up in the podcast that will then be live on of course tiger hall but also apple and uh, spotify podcasts as well so this is a multi-sensory conversation where you're part of everything that me and daniel will be chatting about so let's kick it off and for those of you watching put in your questions in the chat and be part of this conversation and then you'll be part of this podcast as well so i'm here today with daniel daniel campbell you're the svp of education and enablement at infor and probably one of the most forward-thinking innovative and amazing people i've met in my career and i've known you now for a little bit over a year and I still remember our very first conversation and how you were thinking miles ahead and thinking how you could do things differently and you were wanting to drive change and so on. So I wanted to start this conversation with getting to know that Daniel a little bit better. Like, how did Danielle become Daniel? Like, how did you become that change maker? Where does that desire to drive change Come from, and tell me a little bit about your your story and background, and how you ended up where you are today.
0: Well, thanks, Deli, for the compliments. It's a great way to kick it off. I have been a fan of learning my whole career. My whole career has been rooted in learning, and I it's a career that I fell into. I, I didn't even know you could do this as a job. Of course, coming out of the likes of university. And as time went on, I had the opportunity to work for some very innovative software companies over my career, different industries, completely different, some super technical, some more end user oriented, big data, you name it. And everywhere I went along the way, I, I would say a good group of us were, were trying to figure out what's the next best way to make information sticky or to move people through a learning journey And I had the the pleasure of moving through the e-learning wave and, you know, self-directed learning wave and and all kinds of mediums. And we would try to do really creative things of blending them together and trying to make a learning experience that was somewhat different. And really, to be honest, while it worked and, and we did what we could do, there wasn't quite that thing that's like, oh, this is really fantastic. And then, of course... I became a parent and my kids, you know, started learning everything on YouTube and they're teenagers now on Instagram. And I was like, wow, the way that they're absorbing knowledge is just at lightning speed. And then I met you. And so, um, we had a conversation and, and I, and I distinctly recall, I think I've shared this with you that. I was like, oh, I'm not going to take this call. This is some sort of cold call. And yeah, you know, no, no idea. I think I would. Who wants to talk with no <laughs> I know, Right. I think Nobody. I would have deeply regretted not taking that call. But, uh, first of all, your approach was fantastic because it was not a cold call by any stretch of the imagination. And we had what I just des- decided was a very, uh, motivating thought leadership conversation about how learning is changing, how the world is changing. And when you shared your story, your vision, your platform, the way in which things were working, I think I'd said to you at the time, wow, if I could have ever designed a learning experience, this would have been it. And just the combination of this kind of casual conversation, talking to people who are in the field of what they're doing, just really, really excited me. And then I had an opportunity to join my current company where we are going through this really exciting transformation, and there was an opportunity to bring learning at scale to the company in a new and innovative way. So all worlds collided. Uh, but I, I absolutely want to have an opportunity to to one day have my team or myself and you or wherever stand somewhere and and have this kind of a conversation and say we did it like we brought new innovation in learning and we we used modern learning experiences as well as a great platform um great content which is really critical here and uh, we did it so that's that's what drives me and motivates me
1: that's awesome. I also hope we'll be on that stage one day and tell everyone like how we did it and how we brought innovation in this space. Because yeah. that's one of the things that really struck me about you from that very first conversation. And I'm so happy you didn't decline. I know. <laughs> yeah. Got to have that call. <laughs> I would also have regretted uh, in a different life not having spoken with you. And it's so rare to come across people like you in this space because most people in, learning and especially in large enterprise, they tend to not be big fans of change. And my theory is that in many companies, driving change and doing things differently isn't really what usually gets you ahead. Usually what gets you ahead is sitting still in the boat, not rocking the boat, not changing anything and just keeping status quo, right? Because no one wants to lose their job. So how did you get that very different mindset to how most of the industry tends to think?
0: Yeah, I think it was a combination of working for very supportive leaders who we have a philosophy with within our parent company to try new things, be innovative, bring thought leadership. And and I thought, well, what better opportunity than to, to try something new at a company who has a higher tolerance and somewhat of a, a fail fast, right? If it had gone horribly wrong, they would have said, okay, well, you gave it a good shot and let's see what the next thing is. But- I think what really drove it, what really gave me the opportunity is, is, is the transformation of the industry in general. So even at the, at my current company, we're really trying to get to the heart of, of solving real business problems for our customers. And on top of that, what I would say, upskilling and reskilling a workforce who is in the middle of accepting and adopting digital transformation at scale in an industry, ERP industry, that, you know, has historically been somewhat, like nobody wakes up and says, oh, I want to buy a new ERP system today, right? It's a huge decision. And I'm working at a place where we're trying to make that decision infinitely easier by being focused on what really matters to our customers. And so when I think about how do you bring a workforce along with that, a very, very experienced workforce who has done this kind of work for years and are experts in their field, How do I bring together, we have a huge pool of early talent that people are new in their career, and so they bring with them the sort of SaaS and innovation mindset, but they definitely don't have the depth of experience. And so how do you marry that experience along with that desire to do something differently. And so we had an opportunity to try working with Tiger Hall, of course, in rolling out some very specific customer journey innovation internally, and trying to do it in a brand new way. So it, it's, there's no, there's no perfect formula. I wish I could tell you, oh, do this and do those things. But it was a, a bit of a perfect storm of of transformation, plus willingness to try something new, plus the ability to take a step. A calculated risk, if you will, within where I work today.
1: That's awesome. And it's awesome to have that willingness to try something new without the fear of failure, because sometimes that comes with a big fear of failure as well that leads people to sometimes hold back. Of course. And how much do you think your teenage children have influenced you? Because that's an interesting analysis I've made. (laughs) People with teenage children tend to be a little bit more forward thinking as well. How much do you think they've influenced you?
0: You know, probably more than I give them credit for, right? Because I like to do some <laughs> very, very loud eye rolls, you know, in the kitchen when when uh, my sixteen year old calls me "bra" instead of "mom," uh, and I'm like, "Wait, hold on a minute, <laughs> I'm not your bra." Um, but you know, just watching them from middle school onward, it, as you know, I was I was one of those parents having worked in tech for a long time, where I was late in giving them access to social media because. You know, pros and cons of it, right? I want to make sure that their developing brains were not like pulled into the, into the, the, the world of social media. And when I did give them access, what I noticed is the content that they were watching was very educational, right? So some of it was silly videos for sure. But my older son is fascinated by the solar system, stars, everything. And so everything he watched was, you know, about space shuttle landings and the universe and, you know, the James Webb telescope. And he could see these real-time pictures and hear from astronauts and people had been there and started telling me, «Mom, I want to go to Mars». And I was like, you know, you could probably do that, right? And then my younger son his, his who's 12 has taken up basketball by watching all these videos <laughs> about great basketball players not something that he was you know naturally inclined to do and then goes out in the backyard sets his sets his phone up and tries to copy moves and to me it was just like oh this is fantastic if we can translate this into Real time business transformation or skills acquisition or hearing from experts. Like, how cool would that be? So yeah, that was, pr- don't tell them I said that, but yeah, I was
1: probably pretty <laughs> influenced by that. <laughs> this is recorded, so I'll send them a snippet. I know. Of your- <laughs> I know. <laughs> that is so cool and it's true like i spoke with uh, someone from tiktok a couple of days ago and they were saying that educational content is actually the fastest growing category on tiktok right now and especially this hashtag learn on tiktok has been exploding over the last couple of years and sometimes like to exactly your point parents will think like oh stupid cat videos or like dancing videos but then they're actually learning a lot on tiktok and then people think you can't learn on tiktok but tiktok instagram twitter like learning so much everywhere right so i think that's fascinating
0: absolutely absolutely and then my own adoption i i i'd like to think that i keep up with tech right mm. so i definitely was someone who was like i you know what when when the likes of instagram first came out how can i apply this what can i use this and i love the video content i love un- unlike some other platforms where it's a lot of like posts and words and things like this the thing that i love about instagram is like it's the, the how to or the showing somebody an experience, you know, someone's on vacation yeah. and you, you see this, you know, live stream or video and you think, Oh, I want to go there. And it's, it's an altogether different experience than that sort of static thing. Now, that said, what I love about your particular platform is the variety of content, right? So not everybody learns in that video format. And I think I was sharing with you when we launched our uh, pilot initiative to, I think it was about 400 people at first, the very next day, we got an email from a salesperson who said, I did all 90 minutes of learning on my treadmill. And I was like, yes, this is exactly, (laughs) you know, how we want it to go. Uh, And recently, one of our colleagues, I think I sent you the story, (laughs) was was watching content in her car at her son's football game and and missed the fact that he broke his thumb in the middle of a game. So, (laughs) the content was that engaging. so yeah, it's just, it's just really, uh, a fun time to experiment with these mediums and, and also to partner with you guys in terms of trying things out, right? You've been so flexible with us and saying, because we're historically a, a tech company, sometimes the learning has to come with screenshots and demos and showing people pr- uh, processes and things like that. And your team has just been like, hmm, let's try this in a new way or let's give this a shot. And, um, and we're willing to take the calculated, risk with us. So I I deeply appreciate that.
1: That's awesome. And we do too. And we don't want people to break their thumbs for the record. No. (laughs) The the content is engaging. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that yeah. is a good combination. Yeah. So take me back a bit to around the time that we met, you were going through this large transformation. And you had this idea of wanting to take that opportunity to revamp learning for the entire organization. Why did you want to do that? Like, why? Why at all? Like, why would you want to do anything at all? Why not just like continuing the status quo as it was?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. It, we were looking at systems in general. So I was relatively new to the company, um, building a team to, to have an expanded charter. Uh, so initially when I joined, it was more about supporting customer education, which is my background is mostly in uh, working in high tech companies and growing customer education as a business, as a revenue line, but also to push the adoption of software, right? So naturally in the SaaS world, the adoption of software, the renewals, the retention, the customer satisfaction is critical for growth. And um having learned over the years that, you know, customer acquisition is much more expensive than re- retention. And so always thinking about it with a customer lens. And then I was given this opportunity internally to think about our own workforce and our partner workforce. And, uh, you know, I don't have it 100% right. We're still growing. We're still trying to learn and do the things. We're still figuring out how to do things at scale for our audiences, but it was really around how do we go faster, right? There was a a deep desire to say, how do we go faster? The traditional ways of capturing knowledge and I joined just in the the year, just after the the height of the pandemic and there was still a lot of remote learning and online learning. People had Zoom fatigue, you know, uh, Teams fatigue, you name it, whatever your internal platform looks like. And they were looking, I think, I got the impression anyway that when we talked about it is, how do you build something at scale that's reusable? So when we started to do an assessment, we had content everywhere, and we still have content everywhere. We are a content-rich company like a lot of people, and getting to the what is the right content, what is the source of truth, what happens if that content changes rapidly, do I have to scrap a a long-form course and... Start all over again, the design phase. And there's certainly, I think the the key learnings for us is there's a place for this format, um, especially when you are trying to do transformation at speed. And then there's a place for more traditional courses and things when you have to get technical and hands-on keyboard and you need to speak with an instructor or an expert, especially our technical resources internally. We want to make sure that they get the the hands-on but setting the tone and sharing wide messages and streamlining communication and all of those things were top of mind as a, you know, close to 20 per- 20,000 person company. We are bombarded on a daily basis with tons of information because there is so much going on and kept thinking about how do we get this into a, you might've heard me say the term, I was looking for a destination learning experience, mm. sort of like I belong to a a local Facebook group for moms in my community. And I saw somebody post one day, hey, I'm starting a new job at Salesforce. How do I, how do I learn? And about 30, 40 people piled on trailhead, trailhead, trailhead. And this is from a 5,000 person mom community. And I thought, how do, how do we create an experience like that? Where if somebody says, how do I learn something about, you know, inforce software, Or the transformation opportunity that everybody says, oh, Tiger Hall, you've got to go. Like, what does that experience actually look like? And I was looking for um, a different way to bring that destination learning to the company.
1: That was interesting. And when you were walking through this decision making process, because you were already in an RFP, I know, when we started yeah, speaking, yeah. And we got to know each other. So there was a very long decision making process or a thorough decision making process to arrive at this. Could you walk us through that? How did you think? How did you what was your criteria? And how did you arrive at social learning and Tiger oil?
0: Yeah, so we, we were in the middle of actually evaluating a learning management system and uh, looking for a replacement opportunity, looking at all sorts of different ways in which we could consolidate multiple different systems. So everything from sales enablement platform to customer learning management to our own learning management system, we had a lot of systems and tools and we have a very distinct process here at, at Infor, um, a, a, dis- a decision making framework that is rooted in economic thinking. So what are, what is the best way to do something economically, but also innovatively so that our, our company creates value for all of the people who are going to be on the receiving end of whatever sort of tools or technology or any decisions that we make. So that, that decision-making framework is is such a a great guide for us internally, and it includes everything from thinking about, well, what if we did nothing? What if we just did status quo? Versus what if, you know, the sky was the limit and you had this opportunity to do something radically different? And yeah, it was definitely a long decision-making process because we try to make the best economic decisions for the company and for the business naturally, um, which eventually we pass on to our customers as well as good economic thinking and making those decisions so we we were very thorough in it, and ultimately, as you're aware, we came up with a hybrid approach um, simply because one of the big key elements of having a learning management system inside a tech company is to is to share the technical training in a in a way where people can get into you know kind of simulated environments and things like that. But but we also need a way to manage the revenue that comes in with that. And it's it's done fundamentally differently. So the ultimate decision was that we would use Tiger Hall as our platform to do internal enablement. Uh, next up is is us exploring how else do we bring that to the rest of our populations. And as I mentioned earlier, we're in the middle of all of this. We certainly have not rolled this out to our entire population, but we have a queue <laughs> a mile long right now after people have had an opportunity to learn this way. Um, saying, Hey, can we get it on Tiger Hall? And so that's, that's really exciting for us. And, and just thinking about how do we do that at scale? So how, you know, can we make people capable of going live on their own? Can we? Create a governance model that says, yes, we will give you that opportunity to do that. And we trust you that your content will be good and it will be in keeping with what we want to accomplish as a company. And then, you know, one of the biggest decision for me, Nellie, was the fact that you already have content on the platform. So the power of the thinkfluencer, the curated trails that you have at a time when I- I'm sure you read it in the news, just like I do, the, the growth of focus on professional skills, right? The skills that are beyond your technological capabilities or beyond a subject matter expertise, but everything from crucial conversations, uh, sales enablement content, getting to CEO level conversations from people in the field that are actually doing it was probably with coupled with the experience, the biggest appeal to partnering with you guys.
1: That was incredible. And I love that like having everyone go live and using the live stream and then everyone will be a live stream star like you with your background and your <laughs> yeah. everything that you've set up now. <laughs> that would be that would be incredible. <laughs> and I love what you said about this box, like what if we do nothing? I feel like most organizations do not have a box like that in their decision making framework. So what went into that box on your side? Like what if we do nothing? Like what what would happen then?
0: Well, we a- we actually showed what it would look like if we did nothing. So, we tried to be- because you and I had been working together to think about what the best use cases for this relationship would be like, we tried to replicate the experience in our LMS. And we created some podcasts and we created some power reads and we uh, stole your icons, as I told you, and put them in the LMS to try and indicate what was a power read and what was a, a podcast and what was a live stream. And we had six trail equivalents with 29 pieces of content, and you had to log in 29 times and get the receipt for that login. And so the user experience when we launched it, it was also six hours of content for this particular transformation project we were doing. And the experience, you know, the feedback was like wah wah, and so we were able to show, (laughs) (laughs) you know, what if we did nothing? (laughs) We we were able. (laughs) It was. And the the my team did a Herculean effort to try and replicate this experience. Despite our best attempts, it just it just didn't match up. So then we when we went to the second round of people who were receiving this transformation. Experience, we parked it on Tiger Hall and not only did we have a better experience, we shortened six hours of content to 90 minutes. And so the, the gain and productivity for the people who are typically salespeople and customer success leaders and managers working with customers on a daily basis, and the people who were contributing that content not having to step away from their desk and do a recorded webinar that, you know, went across five time zones or whatever that might look like. That feedback, like, it was, you know, that little, like, mind-blowing emoji. Everyone was like, wow, the possibilities are endless. And so, you know, we had hiccups. Like, I bet I could take that 90 minutes of content that we originally put together for our pilot and pare it down to 60 minutes because lessons learned for the people who created the co- contributed to content, I should say, is, you know, there was repetition. Everybody introduced themselves, right? So partnering with your uh, team on best practices for us to to get to the level of, uh, I would say, you know, professional contribution of content is, is a work in progress for us. And I think we're learning through our other initiatives that are all queued up right now. So yeah I um, I hope that answers the question but that's the that, that's the gist
1: of it I would say yeah. And that's one of my, one of my favorite moments in Tiger Hall history is when I met you in New York and we were in your offices and you showed me these, like how you'd been trying to replicate what Tiger Hall does in your LMS. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I saw those icons and I was like, can I take a picture of this and share with the team? And yeah. I sent it to the whole team and everyone was just like, Oh my God. Like even the icons and like trying to replicate yourself. And I think that was just like, yeah, very, very interesting to see how it's like, trying Trying to do it, but in a different format, and so on. So, yeah, I, I will always remember that.
0: I know. I'm. So, I, I'm glad you're still speaking to me after that for the for the blatant <laughs> icon borrowing. <laughs> but yeah, it just you know, in trying to build that, what if we did nothing experience? I think there was power in showing it and and com- comparing it. like it's like when you watch those home makeover shows and it's like a before and an after. And you're like, wow! <laughs> I, I never knew the room could look like that um and i think that that's where we are too is we didn't know that learning could look like this that it could be in the palm of your hand you know we have a we have a remote workforce we have a mobile workforce people are on the go they um are all over the world and so That ability to sit on a train and commute and listen to what you need to know and to go back to it very, very easily. Mm. I mean, I've done that. I've repeated several of the trails where I think, Oh, there's something really interesting that I want to go back to. Or I know I saw that in a power read and I scroll back to it really easily, right? I didn't have to search it. I didn't have to, you know, go through, filter through a million things. Mm. So yeah, I think showing the, the, if we just stay the same, this is what it's going to look like versus over here is the, you know, accelerated, shiny, better experience
1: <laughs> was very helpful, too. That's interesting. And you should just move in there, like, move that bus. When yeah. We move the whole bus. <laughs> yes. it's like the new one. Pretty much, there. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I wish that there there's definitely some lessons learned on how we launched this. And despite your team's best effort to give us some guidance on the best way to launch this, we had some constraints just based on, what these initiatives had to do they were time bound and that sort of stuff so we've got some larger audiences queued up for some additional initiatives and we will definitely follow your guidance on on setting setting people up correctly and I, what i mean by that is i think that everything is super intuitive you know like it's a no brainer i go into tiger hall i find what i'm looking for i follow a thinkfluencer i uh bookmark a trail what we did learn and and you know shame on me for not considering it is that that isn't the case for everybody. Some people are not parents of teenagers or they don't flip through Instagram every day or they haven't seen TikTok content and that's totally fine. So we owe them an opportunity to, to learn how to navigate this experience in a better, in a better way. We, we had someone say, it's so strange. I can see all these other companies content. I think there's a security issue. And, you know, we had to explain, no, that's the point. Like we really want you to see. This content from from other uh, think influencers and from people who uh, who have something to share with us. So lots of lessons learned along the way for sure. <laughs> I made some assumptions?
1: <laughs> I remember that too. Like, oh, we can see everyone's content. It's like, yeah, that's that's the point. So that's interesting. Hey, sorry to so rudely interrupt, but I just wanted to let you know that this is a Tiger Hall podcast. Tiger Hall is the world's leading social learning platform and we have hundreds of interviews just like this with amazing senior business leaders from around the world. These can all be accessed via the Tiger Hall app, which is free to download. You get free content every month and new stuff is uploaded every workday. I hope to see you there. And was it enough, you think, to show that like before and after the move that bus and an improved experience? Or what was the business case that you brought into this? Because that's something I find that many leaders in the space also struggle with. They want to do something, but they have a hard time bringing the business case and the dollars and cents as to why they should do this and why now. How did you tackle that in your case?
0: Yeah. So it was a, it was a bit of an inventory in all of the places that we had learning. And there's a, there was a cost to all of that D- different vendor relationships that we have cost per learner. Um, and then really I'm a pretty data driven person. Just my, my background was 10 years in business intelligence and then big data. So we started to look at the consumption, just like you would as a SaaS company, we look at customer consumption. And so we applied the, that same thinking to our learning, and we started to look at the consumption of people who had other subscriptions to other learning platforms. And you could see this big, you know, uptick of, whoo, I learned the thing, and then I sort of dropped off. But I had access for a year, and, you know, I used those those corporate dollars to have that learning. But I kind of went in and got out. That was sort of the experience. We had some people who had that who wandered into other topics, and those other topics had tended to be professional skills so we saw this uptick of people really wandering into managing remote teams and you know working with um uh career trajectory and how to have a crucial conversation and in various different topics and when we looked at the spend that we had collectively across multiple platforms coupled with the the idea that I couldn't tell you exactly what people did across those platforms so if, If you come to me, Nellie, as my CEO and said, I need a consolidated view of what everybody's learning, I couldn't do that, right? Because I wasn't able to connect those experiences without a lot of, you know, sort of uh, magical wizardry behind the scenes, probably in something like Excel, right? Which nobody really has time for. So we really had to look at what is the value for spend? um, But more importantly, what is the platform adoption, right? So one of the things I love about, Tiger Hall is I can see the user adoption score every day. I can see the people that are logged in. I can see who's active and I can certainly see spikes when we drop initiatives. But what the one of the most ex- exciting things to me, and this is the data that we've been surfacing is what are the other topics that people are wandering into? Who are the top influencers? And it gives us the insight to say, Wow, our company is clamoring for XYZ information or learning, lots of stuff on change management and transformation as you would expect as a company's doing that. So so the economics were really about, hey, we're spending this money in other places, is it impactful? And when we do, we do employee pulse surveys internally and the number one thing that came up often was I need more ways to learn or I've got other topics. And they certainly as despite my team's best effort to build content that met the needs. We just couldn't do it fast enough because the demand um, is so high among such a big workforce. So ultimately the decision-making framework that we have, you know, started with best this base case, do nothing, and then we spend the same money. What if we take out some of these subscriptions and do something where we build it? Then what if we do something at scale like this? And will eventually that help us lower our costs in other areas? But more importantly, because that is a huge component of it, more importantly, will it drive the transformation and the skill adoption that we need for um, our own our own business goals? And we're still in the middle of that. Um, we definitely see people consuming the learning trails that we've built. But what's uh, again, what's really exciting is to see the other topics that people, we have people that have spent... 50, 60 hours of learning and we get great feedback on a regular basis. Just about like, wow, this content is really helpful. Uh, so that, that was the, the kind of the one, two, three, if you will, of how we got to the decision that we're at.
1: Hmm. That's really interesting to hear. And like that, you connect it also to the speed of transformation because transformation yeah. can happen at like different speed, right? And you wanted like getting this out to large scale at speed and enabling them to move at speed as well. I think that's an interesting connection.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, our, our parent company is Coke Industries, and there's so much thought leadership that comes from uh, we have something called principle-based management that we work with. And if you read any of the books related to that, it really is about diversity of thought. So going out and finding the best ideas that are out there so that your world isn't an echo chamber and bringing those best ideas to light to, tr- to create value for society, create value for businesses. Mm. And, you know, so looking at things through that value lens is, is a, uh, has been a, also a really interesting transformation for me as an employee working inside, um, the Infor, who we're in the middle of adopting all of that philosophy as well and trying to do that as speed. Cause we, we were acquired just a, a couple of years ago. And that ability to bring thought leadership from, like I keep saying, other people who have are doing the thing and to hear what that looks like, I think is very, very important to our own transformation. You know, so can I go and listen to a CEO of a big healthcare organization who is talking about, you know, digital transformation or innovation in AI and technology or those types of things and and then apply that to my workforce and say, "Hey, you're talking to this customer base. Our software helps move these transformations forward. Here's here's an interesting piece of information for you that will help grow your learning as well." So that's, you know, I don't know all the the ins and outs. I haven't cer- certainly haven't been through all your content because <laughs> you have so much good content. But that, to me, was one of the biggest appeals and one of the biggest value adds. Honestly, I mean, it's great creating our own stuff. That's going to be really important. But the fact that there is this rich library of content and influencers was the biggest appeal for for our organization.
1: Hmm. And the combination of that, having both internal, external, in in one place as well. Then. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, every I think every company has a person that everybody loves to hear from, you know, it's like, oh, so-and-so is taking the stage at an event or you'll watch their webinars. And so giving giving our own thinkfluencers, our own internal group of people who have really cool things to say or bring um, a level of knowledge or industry experience, surfacing those for the company is one of my next missions because we, you know, occasionally, You'll find yourself in a meeting or do something, and somebody says something so profound, and you think, "Oh, I wish I'd captured that." Right? And then only the ten of us in the meeting get to hear it. Well, if I could bring that kind of information to at scale, I mean, we we had a a gentleman who's head of strategy at Coke come and talk to my team meeting recently, my own leadership meeting, and explain exactly how uh, all of the parent company, the sorry, all of our partner companies. Uh, in the portfolio along with Infor are uniquely positioned to do really interesting things like help save food waste and make stronger glass so that we can all look out windows without, you know, sun damage and just all the, all these really cool use cases. And this particular person is such a dynamic presenter anyway. And I thought like there is a natural influencer, right? The thinkfluencer right there that would be great to capture. That knowledge that lives inside their head, and and share that with everybody because it's such a great story to
1: share. Yeah, yeah, that is that is definitely a top use case and such a good way to to leverage yeah. it. And I want to start bringing in some questions from the audience um, around the area of how did you how did you make this happen? Because that's what most people have questions around. Like, how did you pull this off? Right? <laughs> like, yeah. You made this decision <laughs> and you arrived at this conclusion. How did you bring this? massive organization with you. So we have Regina asking, what were the objections, if any, from the stakeholders? And Megan is asking, how did people in the company respond to this new approach, like those internal leaders? So so what was the reaction when you then brought this to the table and said, hey, I think this is what we should do?
0: Um, it's probably mixed, right? There were some people that, that could totally see the value of this, but we were going fast, right? So how are you going to have time to do this? How are you going to have time to get the content recorded and all that sort of stuff? And, uh, I think I shared a story with you when we made the decision to, to, to try this out for sure. Uh, our CEO was providing some content and he literally stepped out of a room, turned his phone on, hit record and came back. And then when we, we shared that content with your team to, you know, to, to put the intros and outros and music and, We had a great conversation then, like, wow. Like, and I'm like, you just provided a super valuable piece of content by stepping out of a meeting and recording your thought leadership and then bringing it back to us. So it really, it really was a lot of you, you were kind enough to let us try it for a little bit for a small period of time. And I invited key. People that I knew were what I would call mavens who broadcast change and are like, yes, let's, let's go do the thing and detractors, right? It's like, this is never going to work. And to try out the experience. And I played around with content. I made trails. I was like, okay, look, if I can do this, anyone can do this. And, and we just kept surfacing the stories and having the conversations with the stakeholders. Uh, in retrospect i wish i would have brought you into the conversation a lot sooner or your team because we when you did join me at our headquarters and we talked to some of the senior executives and you shared these rich use cases that i uh, unfortunately probably overlooked or wasn't thinking about the applicability throughout the rest of the organization that accelerated the whole the whole conversation so my guidance to anybody who would be partnering with you is is have the value conversation a lot sooner, um, which is you know shame on me. That's what we're trying to do with our own customers, right? So, so that that was a, a very valuable lesson learned. I think that answers one of the questions. There was one
1: more. Yeah, like the reaction from people when I think you cover that. And um, yeah, what were the objections? What were the objections that you faced?
0: Um, you know, fear of trying to adopt a new platform. Would we get people pointed in the right direction? Um, Oh, it's another thing I have to learn, you know, all the usual change resistant, change management, um, change fatigue. Even lots of companies go through transformations and it's like, Oh, great. Flavor of the day, you know, new learning leader comes in here. She's got her ideas. Well, whenever she's gone, it'll be the next thing. And so what I've, what I've tried to impress upon is like the possibilities are in my mind somewhat endless with. What we can do here—everything from you know streamlining corporate communications to uh, creating space for our own thinkfluencers to you know weekly podcast series like like Pippa on your staff does um, about hot topics related to uh, everything that's on the mind of of our own workforce and and eventually hopefully our partner workforce—and I'd love to see what this could look like for our customers uh, at one point. So. I, you know, it's, you're going to get all the usual objections. I, I would say too, you know, there's a, a a healthy group of people who are very comfortable doing things the way that they're doing. They're doing um, curriculum development extremely well, and they've been doing it for years and years and years. And, you know, there's always that natural human condition. It's like, well, what does this mean for my job? Or what does this mean for my role going forward? And so we have, um, even in our own team, we have created uh, sort of, a, we created a small group at first to come on the journey and try the experiment with us in terms of like, let's try content this way. And now we're slowly making a bigger and bigger concentric circle. And as people look at the adoption of this as a format, as a way to learn, as an experience, they're like, "Ooh, I want to get in on that. So now we have people that are not traditionally learning professionals coming to us and saying, could I do that? And again, that goes back to my governance discussion is we we could let them do that with a a bit of enablement, right? And saying this is what we want this experience to look like. Um, and then all of a sudden you have this opportunity to hear a lot more voices, and it's not gated by kind of a, a pipeline or a backlog of of learning. So explaining all of that and I probably have driven my team crazy, probably my peers crazy, just evangelizing what the what the possibilities are here. Uh, and I think I think you have to do that. I think that's that comes with any sort of change, transformation. And there's still people that are like, "No, thank you," um, and that's okay. There's going to be a certain part of that population that's like, um,
1: "I don't need that." So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's okay. Exactly. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and linked to that, we have Tom asking. I think this is a very good question because it's a very common challenge that we hear: is that I really want to do something. I really want to drive change and try something new, but I struggle to get the people in order, like getting the ducks in a row and getting the right people influenced. And many times it's in a larger company, it's how do you then impact the right person in the right order and get someone to influence the other person and so on. Like, what is your advice to Tom here? Like, if he wants to do something, but the wider team does not, like, how could he make that happen?
0: Yeah, I don't know if I have a magic bullet answer for that. I, I would say, based on my own experiences, figure out a problem that many people have and come with a solution on how to solve it. So if you are painting the picture, it's like, you know, I've heard you say again and again that this is not working, or again and again that we can't do this, or employee survey comes back and says, gee, I wish we had different ways to learn, for example, which is something we experienced or the cost of doing something is going is going to take a lot more time in terms of cost and a lot more resources and money. Or you have to say no to a whole bunch of things because you've got a narrow focus. So figuring out what is the problem that they're trying to solve and then coming to them with, I think I have a way that I can solve your problem. You know, will you let me try? Really for me, it was, a, it was the classic show me, tell me, let me try, which is an age-old Learning, uh, you know, kind of philosophy is show me what the possibilities are, tell me how this is going to make my life better. Oh, and then let me try it, right? So, getting this, for example, um, into the palm of of people's hands. And you know, in the beginning, Nelly, like I had a personal subscription because I was I was playing around and looking at it with how does this apply to the enterprise. Um, So. You know, I don't think those are magic bullet other than you will find your, again, what I call mavens. These are the people who will shout from the rooftops. They're early adopters. They think innovatively anyway. So if you look for them in your organization, they're the people I would find in meetings that are like, have we thought about this? Have we thought about that? And juxtapose that against your detractors. That was, you know, like that's never going to work. That's never, you need those people as well because they're going to, they're going to help you think about all the ways this could go wrong. Right. And then if you can pair those two together in terms of the art of the possible versus the let's be super cautious surrounded by a business problem that you're trying to solve. And for us, it was speed of transformation, how to get this out to our huge workforce at scale and in a way that's sticky. Um, it was a very distinct problem to solve, right? So that that would that would be my guidance. Hopefully, that's helpful. Mm,
1: I think that is very helpful. Is finding the individual problems something that they connect with, right? Like, yes, that is a problem, and I'm feeling it, and yeah. speaking in in their language seems to make a difference.
0: Yes, yeah, it can't be about what you want to do in any way, shape, or form.
1: Yeah, it really because no one cares about you ever. No, yeah. they
0: don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> they don't. Like that's lovely. I'm glad you. I'm glad you think about that. But what about me? I have a big problem to solve. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's the only truth in the whole world. Is that no one cares about you? <laughs> that's that's right. That's right. Commonality. <laughs> and then taking this to the uh, to the employees, then like rolling it out to this large audience. It's a new thing. They haven't heard about it before, or seen it. Like, how did you approach that communication and change management with a wider organization
0: yeah we started with our leaders and introducing the concept to the leaders in terms of this is coming we gave them early access we um, some people went in some people didn't and then we we over communicated you know and in some cases as you as you experienced it uh, as we started to roll out Tiger Hall, you know, we had all the classics sort of like, this is spam. Who are these people? And then we, we realized, oh, we, we probably should have communicated this even more, even though we thought we were, we were really doing a good job there. And then we started to take the quotes from the people who, who had taken the training early and paste them into the communication that like, these are people you work with that have said, wow, this is great. What a great way to learn. I started reaching out in the stats to people who had consumed Learning in a, in a rapid sp- space and saying, how was your experience worldwide? Right. And that helped us surface some things, um, that, that we needed to go take a look at just as a company in terms of content and language and all kinds of stuff. So it was, you know, sometimes it felt like one person at a time. <laughs> we brought them along one person at a time, but we also had a unique situation where there was a deadline on the consumption of the training because we are going through this transformation. And we started surfacing the statistics like, Hey, team, you know, this group is light years ahead of the next group. You got to catch up or don't forget to do your learning. Um, and then in partnership with you guys, you guys started to surface some additional content that would be meaningful to the people that learned. So that gave them an opportunity to, you know, wander around a bit and, and see all the other topics and, it now it's like Tiger Hall is a verb at, at, at work. You know, it's like, Oh, are we going to Tiger Hall that? You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, we are. Um, so, you know, one person at a time, it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't, you know, magical in the sense of everyone's like, Oh, this is great. Let's do it. There was definitely, uh, conversations and all, all of the various different things that you would expect going through change management and adoption of something new, but evangelism is critical, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And there's a question from Amon here. What have been the key takeaways from the adoption of this innovative platform, she's asking?
0: Yeah, that so if I frame it in our own content that we have had to build and, and share uh, in partnership with Tiger Hall, it's been that you could get even more succinct. You could get even more crisp. The the human nature is, is, we know repetition is needed for learning. We absolutely know that. But repetition of, you know, five different people saying the same thing in one trail is a lesson learned for us is, is to, is to really make the content shortened to the point. And some of my favorite learning on the platform has been two minute uh, podcasts or two minute live streams that I, you know, watched or experiences. And one of them was how to say no to a customer. And I can still tell you the three things that that person shared on that particular piece of content and experience. And it's like, how how do we reframe our thinking that we're going from very large PowerPoint presentations that take anywhere from 45 to 90 minutes to tell somebody a thing that could be summed up in a uh, backyard barbecue conversation. You know, like, what is this? It's this. Oh, cool. What is that used for? It's used for this. Great. I got it. And you move along versus, and then da, 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 right? And so the biggest um, takeaway has really been about you were super helpful, Nellie. And like I asked you, what does a production team look like this? If I want to do some of this at scale in terms of creating and capturing content and then partnering with you guys on best practices at the enterprise level. Is to just get people to pare down their messaging, you know, as I ramble on and tell you to pare down your messaging. Um, but that to me is the most critical
1: learning for us. That makes sense. And Britton is asking, how happy was your team to get out of the dreaded LMS? Oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I
0: wish I, I wish I could say that we were out, we are out of it. We're actually implementing a new one. And, um, and it, like I said, it's because, you know, we are a tech company, ERP software, we still have to have, uh, hands-on, product-based training that is, you know, it's an event, there's an environment, there's all these other pieces and criteria that are necessary. But what we've decided to do is is make Tiger Hall the front door to a lot of that learning, especially internally, and to surface that content um, through a trail that is meaningful and, and do the connections. Um, I would say the people who are helping to produce this, less than getting out of the LMS, it's been more about there's a palpable excitement around new innovative ways to capture information. And again, there was some resistance like, oh, I don't want to do that. Or we tried that before. Or, That's just like e-learning. And as you can see, it's not anything like e-learning. And so there was a lot of excitement and people putting their hand up and saying, you know, I want to learn how to support this. I want to learn to contribute the content to this and and to to help move the ball forward. So in the beginning of this relationship, I was probably on every phone call and, you know, experienced and making sure everybody was coming along. And Nellie's team was super patient with us as we um, went in to launch our accountable customer leader stuff. And now I'm not there. Right. And so the team is just like, we got it, you know, in, in partnership with, uh, with Tiger Hall. So yeah, there's still, there's still a need, unfortunately <laughs> for, for, um, LMS, but we've picked what we think is a very innovative LMS. To partner with this innovative experience. And I would say I see LMS vendors rapidly thinking about how to make this a rapidly better experience. Um, and I think that the partnership and the connectivity will will help move that as
1: well. Yeah, that's super cool. And what are you hearing from employees apart from missing when their sons are breaking their thumbs? Yeah. <laughs> and like, what else are you hearing from employees? Because that's also... A question that I always ask whenever I meet leaders in the space, I'm like, what is the feedback that you're getting from your employees on your current platforms? And they usually also have no clue or almost like don't like, oh, yeah, like they also have an opinion about the experience yeah. that, that they're being put through. Right. So what have you seen? What's your before and after move that bus in terms of user feedback?
0: Yeah, so that you know, we have a very targeted population that we've rolled this out to, and we we're doing that intentionally. We didn't just want to drop it on the entire company. We wanted to do lessons learned and trial and stuff. And and we what was really interesting was one of the populations is the that first group of people that I referenced earlier who had to experience the twenty nine registrations. You know, us trying to simulate podcasts and power reads. They are now in the round two of their training on this platform. And the feedback was like, where was this when you were trying to teach me the first level of this training? The the experience is generally, I'm not going to say it's perfect, right? Some people are just like, I don't want to learn this, or I don't want to, you know, why should I know this? And that's just absolutely normal. But the people who, they appreciate the time back, right? So the gained productivity is one of the biggest, I would say, uh, pieces of feedback that we get is like, I did not have to spend six hours doing this. You got to the point, you you told me what I needed to do. The content contributors have been really excited about being able to literally turn their phone on and record something or to uh, provide context for uh, the building of a power read or whatever that might look like. And so it's been, um I'd say, mostly favorable. Now I may get a bunch of emails after this from my team saying, That's not what we're hearing. But I honestly haven't run into, other than like maybe I don't want to put it on my phone because I don't like having work stuff on my phone or uh, I'd rather use it on the desktop, which of course is an option. The feedback has just been like, this is super cool. And then lots of questions like, I could see doing, you know, our product team has said, "Oh, we could do product readiness updates like this platform, our communications organization. Oh, we could do corporate communications and town halls. That would be really fun to do a, an experience in a live cast like this. So all these people, like it's what I feel has sparked a lot of art of the possible and a lot of creativity. Um, But People just really like the experience of it. It's in the palm of your hand for the most part for, you know, the people that aren't using the desktop app. And um, it feels very, very personalized. So yes, there is corporate content, but my preferences and the feed that I get, it's sort of like, this is really cool because these are the things I'm thinking of. And of course, you all have programmed it to get smarter and smarter every time I click on something. It, You know, it's like why I have a million boxes of things I ordered off to Instagram and like, <laughs> where'd that come from, right? Because they've got my number. <laughs> so. <laughs> so yeah, it's been, I think, I
1: think very positive. That is how it works. That is how it works. That's great to hear. And before we wrap up, time is flying. I want to leave it one more question and then we're wrapping up. It's a question about how do you navigate getting other departments involved? Do you manage it for all of them or how does that work?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, you ha- you have a very diverse customer base. And so for us, we are, we are the education and enablement team for the company. I would imagine other companies have created need or champions in other departments, right? Maybe it's marketing or maybe it's product or maybe it's human resources or those types of things. We are the aggregator for the most part of learning at the company. Now there are tons of pockets of other groups doing their own learning and doing very innovative ways because they've got to go fast and we can, we can only do so much, but we have become the curator of uh, Tiger Hall requests and projects, so that we can track and manage the quality. And then that's allowing us to create governance, just in terms of what we don't want to do is flood the platform with too much content, right? I, I believe there's there's a method to the madness, and you, if you will, in that my team is evaluating: do we really need to build that, or does it already exist in your platform, right? So, sales enablement is a great example. You have all kinds of really beneficial sales-related, if I'm a seller, sales-related content, crucial conversations, the art of the storytelling. And so somebody comes to us and says, can you build me a communication presentation? I want to be able to redirect and say, this actually already exists. And I want you to watch this trail or here's something that you could learn from. So we have become <clears throat> right now the curators as we continue to roll this out. I think hopefully eventually, as I've mentioned a couple times, is we will find our champions throughout the organization and give them the same access and possibility as trusted uh, users of the platform to create their own experiences or go live if they want to. Um, but we definitely want to make sure that the quality and the experience remains uh, intact as we go along.
1: Super. And to wrap up in true Tiger Hole fact- fashion, I want to ask you three actionable steps <laughs> for someone to take in the oh. next 24 hours if they want to drive change or three reflections that you've learned on this experience, three top advice for the people who are here.
0: Oh, way to put me on the spot, Nellie. That's...
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> always. That's the point of life.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, You know, I really do think this is about solving business problems in, in every everything that we do, Right. And so I would say figure out what is, what is a problem that your organization is struggling with? And think about it from the perspective. Is it an information problem? Is it a perception problem? Is it a culture problem? What, what is the thing that is actually going to move the dial forward for if you support other parts of the business or if you're, you're bringing innovative ways to learn to a company, for example, as opposed to hey, I think this is a cool way to learn. It's more of, I think I can accelerate the movement of of getting a fix for your business problem by using a platform like this or doing something innovative. So that's the first one is identifying a key problem and how to do it. The other would be to, to figure out who your champions are, right? So where are your change agents? Where are the people? And they may be in very unlikely places. They might be in your, um, product organization that may be in your finance team that you never know, right? So having those conversations with multiple stakeholders around, Hey, the, the business has this problem. This is the way I'm thinking about it. What do you think? And bringing those champions along with you. And my, my third piece would just be persistence. Like I was relentless about this. And, you know, I know I had many, uh, conversations with Nelly, like, I, I just see the possibility. I got to move this thing forward. So, like I said, I probably drove my own team a little crazy along the way because I kept everything was like, we could put it in Tiger Hall. We could do this and we could do social learning and you could be a thinkfluencer. And so that kind of goes back to the persistence and evangelism. That would be my, my three pieces of advice <laughs> for what they're worth.
1: <laughs> love it. And persistence takes you very far in life and in many situations as well. So, so love that advice. Thank you so much, Daniel. You've been fantastic. This has been such a great conversation. We keep getting comments here as well. It's been really interesting, quite inspiring. Thank you, Miranda, for tuning in. And thank you, everyone who was here with great questions to contribute to this conversation. If there's someone that you think would like to hear this, but hasn't been able to make it today, there will also be a link to the podcast that you can share afterwards. So you can catch up on audio or on live. So in true Thai fashion mix of formats. And thank you so much for being here. And thanks again, Danielle. And it's a pleasure to See you today and have a rest, good rest of the day, everyone. Thank
0: you. Thanks, Nelly. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.
1: You've been listening to a Tiger Hall podcast. Quick favor. If you like this content, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new upload from us. And of course, if you're hungry for more, and why wouldn't you be, don't forget to download the Tiger Hall app for hundreds more just like this.